We're back, and I am so excited to talk to you today about, well, let's put it this way, my observations lately of the world, my my interest in people's behavior and their reactions to things. I find it fascinating, right? So something that I always talk about when I am working with somebody is, and I'm, and I'm writing about it a lot now. So it's top of mind because of that, because it's going into this new course that I'm building. And I'm talking a lot about seeking to understand, right? So a lot of people in the world don't do this, right? They react to their uncomfortable emotions when they see something, they hear something, they're exposed to something versus holding space and managing their emotions and then regulating, right? So regulating yourself, that's calming yourself down, bringing yourself back to a grounded place where you can then intentionally respond and seek to understand, let's say, somebody else's perspective or belief system or just trying to understand maybe why they behaved the way they behaved or what was it that triggered them? What was the unmet need that they were reacting to? And when you seek to understand in honestly every conversation, every argument, every um, conversation where you are trying to resolve conflict or miscommunication of any kind, when you seek to understand, you truly grow closer to that person because what you're doing is you're managing your defenses, right? So you're taking care of your reactions, all of the all the responsibilities you have, your words, your actions, your beliefs, your perceptions, your thoughts, your feelings, all of that. You're managing it. You're putting your defense mechanisms down. You're knowing you're safe with yourself because you trust yourself to uphold your boundaries. And then you're going into a conversation with curiosity. And when you approach people with curiosity, something happens. Their defenses go down. And you don't use this to abuse the situation, mind you. You do this because their defenses go down and then they feel safe to open up and they explain to you where they're coming from and then you can better understand them and then you both can work together to find a solution and repair whatever the conflict was or whatever had happened, right? And so it's so interesting to me that like, the majority of the world does not do this. And you see it on, and I always say, I always say this when I talk about social media, you're like, you're seeing it on like the jumbotron, right? You post something on social media and sometimes you get people that come in regulated and respond, not always in agreement. It's not about being in an echo chamber and having everybody agree with you. It's more or less having people approach you with maturity. Having people approach you and seek to understand whatever it was you were sharing. And I'm not just talking business wise, mind you. Like, there's a bigger conversation here I'm having. Case in point 
Some of you might know, if you follow me on TikTok, I started posting for fun these behavioral analysis videos of reality TV show cast members. I watch reality TV. I like watching reality TV. A lot of you who followed me for years know, you know this, I used to do this in my Instagram stories. I did it a lot with like 90 Day Fiance and (laughs) shows like that, right? So I was just like playing around one day, made a video on TikTok where I was analyzing the different cast members of Vanderpump Rules. Now, if you're not a reality TV show uh, fan, if you don't watch that show, it doesn't matter. Just hear me out because like you don't need to know who the people are. I'm not going to go into that. What I'm What I'm trying to convey here is I did this because I enjoy understanding why people behave the way they behave. So I sat down, I made this video. It was kind of like a a one take situation, just rambled off what I would genuinely ramble off if somebody was sitting next to me watching the show, right? These are just my normal thought processes about everybody and everything. It's what I do for a living. I'm in, I mean, quite frankly, ask Phil. I annoy the shit out of him sometimes because a lot of my conversations start with this curiosity and it can, if you don't know me and you don't know the intent behind it, it can come across as if like, why, Amy, why are you so intrigued by this person? Like, just like mind your business, right? That's how it can come across on the surface. But if you actually listen to what I'm saying and and my intent behind it, the goal behind it, my I'm seeking to understand why somebody is succeeding or what drove their behavior to do X, Y, and Z. I'm just curious. I like understanding. And part of that interest plays into the work that I do 24-7. When I can better understand people's behaviors in all these different scenarios, then I can help people <laughs> because I have more words for it, right? It makes sense to me. It's like, I'm going to compare this to something different for a second, but when you are confident and and self-assured about, I don't know, the the meal that you want for dinner, then somebody contesting it, it doesn't, it doesn't really impact you because you're sure you understand why you're hungry for that food. You understand, maybe it's just a craving, you know, whatever it is, you know what you like, you know why you like it. That's typically what's driving that behavior, right? Same with clothing. Unless what's driving those behaviors is I'm dressing for somebody else. I think somebody else is going to approve of this. But either way, it's still interesting to understand whether you're dressing or eating because you think someone else is going to approve of it or because you're connected to, I don't know, the color palette, the fabric, the style. Are you following? So when we understand and look at behavior and you can connect to what is driving somebody else's behavior, maybe there are similarities in the context of what you're watching, listening to, reading about or not, you then better understand yourself because we always see ourselves easier through other people. That's why we're triggered by other people or we feel very drawn to and connected, right? There are 
things that you probably are listening to when I talk about them and you're connected to the topic of conversation, which may bring you here. It may be the thing that brings you here first. And then you might stay because, and, and usually the feedback that I see in the reviews or the messages I get is you're down to earth, you're funny. Uh, I like how you simplify these complex topics, but you make them relatable and you share yourself and like all of these things, right? And there are bits and pieces of whatever you spot in me that you got. <laughs> so you spot it, you got it, number one. Number two, sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes what you see in me and maybe it rubs at you and it causes some friction or maybe you admire it, but you don't feel like you have it quite yet, which is what you're drawn to in watching it in someone else, right? So it goes both ways, in other words. So I started posting these videos on TikTok and they took off. I'm telling you, any video that I was putting up prior to this, which was valuable information, don't get me wrong, but I guess boring in the world of TikTok. Like it wasn't captivating. It wasn't exciting. It was valuable. It got interest, but it wouldn't break, let's say 300 views. Okay. I was just like sitting steady at 300 views. Then I post one behavioral analysis of one cast member of Vanderpump Rules and it hits 700,000 views over the course of a few hours. I remember posting it and then Phil and I went to a show for one of his bands. And when we got home that night, I opened the app and looked at it and I was like, what just happened? Okay. And I was just laughing my ass off, but it was also like, holy shit, holy shit. And then the minute I saw that, you know what I wanted to do? I wasn't like, oh my God, there's more people on my page. My first reaction was, I want to understand what they were attracted to in this as compared to the stuff I was posting beforehand. That's my default. I want to understand. Another example of this that's been coming up a lot for me, not really coming up a lot for me, but more so like I've actually been openly talking about it with Phil. And it's always been in me, but I, I've only recently come to, to acquire words for it. Um, thanks to B. We can all thank B. <laughs> I, I am competitive and, but not in, in like a vindictive or malicious sense. Like I don't feel a need, like a, like an ego driven need to be better than people. What it is, is it's a motivator for me. I don't get motivated by positive feedback. We can blame my childhood for that. (laughs) I don't, I don't, I shut down if you criticize me. So it's not the opposite. Let's keep in mind, like overcompensating here and thinking, you know, everything. If you just like work in opposites, that's not what it is either. I don't, (laughs) I'm not motivated by you telling me how horrible I am at something. I'm also not motivated when you tell me how great I am at something sometimes. Don't don't stop your praise though, by the way, guys. <laughs> what motivates me, and it's not, and it has to come straight from me. I have to see it. Like if somebody pointed it out to me, I, I, I am like 
numb to it. I'm not going to pay attention. I have to be the one to catch on to something, see it. So, so, so see somebody else succeeding in a similar, but very different fashion. Okay. Like, it's not like they're in the same industry as me or they're doing the same thing as me. It's just, there's gotta be some connection between me and them. Even if it's just like a random celeb or person I follow online that I'm somehow resonating with. Okay. Like I don't have to know them in real life. That's the point that I'm trying to make here. I see somebody suddenly doing something. I'm going to try to find the best words I can to explain this. Doing something and and I guess the best way I can explain it, and I'll, I'll probably circle back and fix my words here, uh, better, faster, like, than, than I am, not in the full sense. So it's not like, oh, they're better at their job than I am. It's more like, I guess the best example would be, oh, they're growing their social media quicker than I notice myself growing mine something like that, right? I notice them getting more uh, toned through their workouts faster or something like that, okay? So I see something, somebody pulling forward in the race in my head (laughs) ahead of me. It's never this feeling of, I don't want them to succeed. It is a twinge is that the word twinge? Yes. 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 We're, yes. We're going to go with that one. Twinge, twink, twinge. Yes. Twinge of like jealousy. It's a little pang of jealousy, but not, not in the, you can't win. I need to win kind of mentality. It's this, oh, you're doing something different and better than me. If you're growing faster than me. That's what it is. That's the thought process. And so I see that, like I spot something in there that I feel, only I feel, nobody else feels, <laughs> just I feel I'm lacking. And then I immediately hyperfixate on it. I hyperfixate on it because all I want to do is understand what are they, what did they figure out that I have yet to figure out? And again, it's never, you've heard me mention this to some degree way at the start. It's never this point per point thing. Um, You've heard me mention it in the context of like, I don't usually, now I I follow some like connections and colleagues within the same industry as me, right? They might be a therapist, a psychotherapist, they might be a life coach or a coach of some kind. But for a while, I really, like, I didn't choose willingly to follow people like that. I followed people in other industries, and I was always inspired not by people in the same industry doing anything similar to me. I'm only ever inspired by people in a different industry because, for me, I work better with contrast, not similarities. So when I see a comedian succeeding at their craft, I'm clearly not a comedian although I am in my head, and maybe for some of you. I mean, that would be a dream. (laughs) 
if I could just do stand up one day, I don't know how that would go because I'm not a like I would it would need to be like a one time thing where you just hand me a mic and you let me rip and I don't plan it and I don't have to perform it again. It's just like a one and done deal. I just want to do that like once in my life. I feel like <laughs> that's it. Anyway, I'm a comedian in my head, but I'm not a comedian professionally. Okay. So I watch a comedian, I see them succeeding at their craft. And for me, it's easier to watch them in their craft, completely different industry, completely different job, and almost analyze what they're doing and pull that out and implement and integrate it into my process and my profession. I don't know if this is translating, by the way, on this episode or making any sense, but I'm going to get somewhere, I promise. So that's just how I function. To somebody on the outskirts, they might be like, wow, you compare yourself a lot and you're really jealous. And I get that on the surface that somebody might think that way, but I've really analyzed this. And what I've come to learn is that it pangs the feeling of jealousy, but it's not jealousy to the person. It's jealousy to the process or a missing piece of my own process that I haven't grasped. And it could be as simple as they're, and this sounds so stupid in the scheme of things, but it could be as simple as they're getting more engagement on a post than me. I might have more likes. I might have more followers. I might have more attention on my page, something like that, but they're getting more comments. So I'll see one tiny little thing like that and I'll go, hmm, what are they doing differently to do that? Because I need to pull from that and figure out how to implement and integrate that into my system. I never copy. I just, I see one tiny little thing and I feel motivated and inspired. And then I want to understand it. I want to understand it. And that's where we're going with this conversation, okay? Seeking to understand. So so let me just circle back and connect all these dots for you real quick. So when I was, I posted these, and I've continued since that first video on TikTok, I posted a video. And what I found so effing fascinating was the fact that the majority of comments, and there are tons of comments, okay? were reactive. And I've been doing this work for over 10 years. And I'm not the only one in the world doing some type of this work, right? Like there are tons of people in this field and and doing this work in different ways. And it's always just this smack to the face, so to speak. When I go on social media, and I've said this in previous episodes, um, previous current episodes, where I'm like, what is going on with people? Why are you all so emotionally stunted? Like to the degree that you actually have zero awareness over the behavior that you're exhibiting in the comment section of somebody's post. Why are, why, and it, and if that's what you exhibit on social media, then I don't want to know what you exhibit in your real life relationships because, because honestly, you might just be a little braver behind a keyboard, but the behavior is going to be consistent. 
Like what you see on social media is who I am in my real life. That's how I respond to people. That's how I navigate people who hate on me. Like that's how I address it. Those are how I set boundaries. Everything you watch, everything you read, everything you see me post, that's who I am in real life, right? Even if I was putting on a show or a persona, that's a piece of me in real life. It might be a more heightened version of myself, which is also what I find so fascinating about just like watching people, especially on TV, watching people. Cause you're kind of like, I know there's a camera on you and you know, there's a camera on you. And so you might perform for that camera and that audience or that potential audience, but that's you. And so I can empathize and I can have compassion for what might, what struggles you might have that is driving that behavior, but that's still you. And so at the end of the day, I probably may or may not want to be your friend based on that behavior, right? So I, I'm posting these videos, I'm watching the comments, and the irony is not lost on me that I'm, I'm sitting there and my purpose of analyzing is curiosity and seeking to understand. Because through trying to understand what others are doing, as I just said about my weird competitive comparison thing, in trying to understand what others are doing, I better understand myself and I understand people in my life better. And then I can learn how to function with them differently or move through something I'm struggling with differently. (laughs) And I know that like I am, I'm the one doing this for a living, but it's mind boggling that other people, I don't need you to function the same way as me, but the basis of like attacking somebody versus seeking to understand them is lost on me. That's like, like a, that's a 12 year old brain. In when I was 12, I was picked on. Like I wasn't told by the little boys that I was pretty. I was kicked and told like asked what's wrong with your face or, you know, like comments like that. Like they would like, they would poke at you and they would be mean to you. Like, so when I see people commenting under a video where I'm explaining what I'm seeing in somebody's behavior and making sense of it. And, and then even saying, going as far as saying things like, you know, if you're struggling with this, like giving them value and people are just like, she's a dumb beep or, uh, you know, like name calling, shaming, degrading. I step back and I think you know nothing about behavior. Like, let's just on a very basic level, look at your behavior. You name call people when you dislike what they do. I don't want to know you in real life. Right. I've gotten actually some comments coming at me, obviously not shocking. I knew that was coming. And quite frankly, I had so much fun making the video and this I found fascinating. This I found fascinating. When I really tried hard to make videos of me sitting and talking and providing value, I'd get very nervous about somebody critiquing or criticizing me to the extent that I was so cautious with my words, the video in my mind almost appeared boring because I wasn't allowing myself to just like fully express because I was shaping my language to control the reactions to me. And finally I was just like, fuck it. I'm just going to do what's fun. 
And so I did what's fun. And I was still, I'm very mindful with my words in real life. Like I'm very intentional with my language because I've been on the receiving end for so long of people not being um, mindful and, and, and caring with their language, you know, like, even if you're mad, you don't need to name call me. How old are you? (laughs) So I'm just going to say to people now, how old are you? I don't understand. Are you 12? Are you stuck? You're stuck at 12, aren't you? You're stuck at 12. How many, how many adults do you know? How many 50 year olds or 45 year olds or 30 year olds do you know, like shouting in people's faces and name calling them, but you do it on social media? Wow. Y'all need my help. <laughs> Y'all need my help. I, um, I got comments, people, of course. And, and these don't touch me anymore because this I got at the beginning of my career. We know I don't pretend to be a therapist. You all feel like I'm a therapist because I'm really great at what I do. I'm not egotistical when I say that. That's the consistent feedback over over a decade or more at this point of the work that I do. I know I'm good at what I do. There are other people great at what I do. Just because I say I'm great at what I do doesn't take away from other people great being great. There's somebody for everybody. The people that resonate with how I'm doing things or what I'm doing or what I'm saying feel like I am providing them therapeutic support. And really and truly, my sessions, my work, my courses are an alternative form of therapy. It is therapeutic support. Case in point, I'm not your therapist, but I do provide therapeutic support. I'm very open and honest about my credentials and my titles. And at the end of the day, if I keep it real with you, the bulk of what I'm doing is from my own experience, my own gifts, my own curiosity, my own learning, like the, the certifications and the credentials are really just pieces of paper at the end of the day to shove it in people's faces and go, I, yes, I'm qualified. Like, shut up already. Shut up. I just want to hear it. <laughs> shut up. So I'm not, I'm, I'm literally immune at this point to somebody being like, you're not a therapist. No. But you know what? Do you want to talk to some of my therapist clients who are licensed therapists who hire me to help them? Would you like to talk to them? Because I'm sure they might tell you like how how good I am at what I do, but they don't care. People are so loud. And that is fascinating to me. See what I do? Like This is my brain all day. I'm like, but why are people so connected to a title or a label? Like, God, I feel like this is an old conversation we've had, but like, yes, you, you need certain qualifications to do certain jobs in this world. Rightfully so. I'm not going to a, a, a doctor's office who doesn't have an MD after his name, <laughs> but I don't know how well he did in school, right? He might, listen, I'm telling you, and I'm being very open. I have a bachelor of arts degree. I have no idea how I got through college. Keeping it real. Have no idea. Retained nothing. Not because I'm stupid. I'm not a good test taker. I don't, I don't learn that way. I learned through experience. I learned very differently. I should have, quote unquote, I, I'm happy I went to college because of the experience being away from home. Like I got so much out of it. 
But the thing that you're quote unquote supposed to get from it, the education, I can't tell you a piece of what I learned there that I'm actually using in life and business now. I Sorry, it didn't happen. So yes, like, yes, we go to doctors, we have nurses, we have lawyers that all have these this schooling and these credentials. But it's wild to me that there are so many people that don't consider the fact, like they just don't make this connection. They just assume, oh, they know everything and boom, put them on a pedestal. But the truth is, <laughs> do you think like they got a hundreds on every test? We don't know. Maybe they cheated their way through law school or med school. Like, who knows? I'm not accusing anyone. I'm just saying those are all possibilities. It's possible that they were not a good student, but somehow still graduated because I was one of them. <laughs> you know, I don't have a law degree or, or you know, I didn't go to med school. And, and I know because I had a family member apply to med school. I know how hard it is to get into med school. But again, some people are just book smart and memorize. My point is those are all possibilities, right? And so when you're somebody who just like looks at those labels or those titles and then assumes the person is great and knows everything, that's that's highly dangerous to do. I'm not going to lie because it removes that um that self-reflection and that self-governance. You know, if you go to the doctor and you're just like sitting there going, fix me, tell me everything that's wrong with me. And there's no advocacy coming from you because you know your body best. Yeah, they're the doctor, but you know your body best. Then, and if they're a great doctor, they're going to say that to you. You know what's best for you. I was just at the doctor's the other day for, for a consult. Um, and it was just because HIPAA. <laughs> I'll tell you anyway. Um, I I went to a TMJ specialist because I clench and grind at night, and I've I've slept with a night guard for forever for for years, and I was still in severe pain. And so I went to a TMJ specialist finally, and they did some Botox in my jaw. And let me tell you, the pain for me is. 90% but like there, I don't have really any pain anymore whereas I was like living with pain in my face and my jaw every single day whether I wore the night guard or not so the Botox helped they made me a new little night guard to sleep with it's smaller and then they referred me to an oral surgeon to get a different scan to look at the bone structure in my face to make sure that the bones on the one side of my face were not growing longer than the other yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you're thinking the same thing as me. Okay. I was like, I Googled what they were concerned about. And I was like, oh shit, this is wild. And like the treatment for it was like this whole jaw surgery situation with like, like screws in my face. And all I'm thinking is, no, that, well, that's not going to happen. So if they tell me <laughs> that I have this, I'm not getting that. So, so what is the solution? Right. That's what I was already thinking. Luckily, I don't have it. Thank God. But so I was at the doctor and the doctor was great. First time there, whatever. But this is why he was great. Because he came in, he asked me how I was feeling. He didn't just go off the chart or the the words that I said to like 
the nurse beforehand. He asked me directly. And I know that's annoying for people sometimes to like, well, didn't you just talk to the nurse? Like I just told her all this stuff, but like, they're all getting a different account of you, right? They all have a different perception. I don't think we consider that when they're asking again, we're just kind of like, why do I have to repeat myself? It's because they all have a different filter and they need to hear it verbatim because what if so-and-so playing telephone with the doctor didn't convey it clearly or took out pieces because they heard whatever they wanted to hear, you know? So anyway, the nurse was very attentive, actually engaged in conversation with me when I said what treatment I got so far. She started talking to me about how the Botox has helped her with headaches and whatever. Mind you, it's Botox in different places. It's not the normal Botox I get in my forehead. They shoot it in your fucking temple and your jawline. It's a good time, guys. (laughs) Anyway, it helped me. But I was there for the scan, and anyway, he was going over the scan, and I love how I'm breaking my own HIPAA here by sharing this with you, but the, but my my purpose is to help you understand something and, and, and look at your own life and apply it. That's always my goal at the end of the day in sharing anything is like, if I share this and my insights about it, you'll look at something on you or in your own life differently. So number one, when they ask you multiple times, that's a good thing. Just tell the story and be honest again and again and again, (laughs) verbatim, you know? So I had this whole conversation with him and I'm telling him about it and how the, the Botox helped the pain. And I've got this new bite guard, yada, yada, yada. And he goes, okay, well, I understand that, you know, they, you're the TMJ guy wanted this particular scan. He goes, I did this scan instead. And from what I'm looking at, He's like, I don't feel you need the other scan. That's number one. And I was like, "Mm -hmm, I'm not getting in your beef. (laughs) If you don't think I need it, that's fine. He goes, this is what I see on the scan. Your bones are not growing longer on one side of your face. You just have an asymmetrical face because the jaw is protruding out on one side. Yay, because of clenching and grinding. And he's like, and here's all of the solutions that we have. You could, we could go in. And I just looked at him and I was like, you didn't break my jaw. And he goes, yes, that is one option. We go in and we would like crack it and put these like screws in your mouth. And then we'd crack the bottom piece and put, and I literally looked at him and went, who says yes to that willingly? Who's like, yes, please break my top and bottom jaw from, yeah, yeah, please do that. I want to, I want screws in my mouth and not be able to talk for months on it. No, no, I talk for a living. Are you kidding? So, so he explains that and I'm just like laughing, looking at him like, yeah, what's the other option? So he explains the other option is like, you know, they can, they can inject things to, to make the appearance, make it look more even and whatever. And so I'm listening to all of this. And and then he connects with me. He goes, look at my face. He goes, my face is similar to yours. It's very asymmetrical. And he goes, and honestly, you didn't even notice, did you? And I'm like, no, I, I until you pointed it out, I didn't notice. And he's like, most people have an asymmetrical face. And he went on explaining this and we just had a conversation. And that's how I knew he was a good doctor. He wasn't pushing his agenda. We had a whole conversation about pricing around injections. I was like, why do they cost so much? And he's like, trust me, we pay 10 times more just to get them wholesale here. And he's like, you go to uh, Thailand, 
and get them for a hundred dollars a syringe. They're same stuff. They just inflate the price when it comes to you. We had a whole conversation about this. He took a genuine interest in what I was saying. He listened. He got curious. <laughs> oh, she's bringing it home, guys. Yeah. So, so let's go back to the videos on TikTok and then connect it to you, of course. Of course. Don't worry. I have something for you, too. So I'm seeing these comments, right? And people are like, you're not a therapist. And I'm like, so immune to this. I just comment back and I go, I am well aware. <laughs> like I literally in the video gave you a disclaimer and announced what I am. What was the purpose of your comment? You weren't curious. You weren't asking a question. You weren't trying to understand anything. You were talking at me. You were shouting at me. When you look at that behavior, you can learn a lot about a person. What makes a person just shout at somebody? Their own discomfort with whatever they're feeling based on what they're watching or hearing. Does that make sense? Somebody who reacts is uncomfortable with what they're feeling based off what they're hearing or seeing. You don't need to react. It's unproductive. I'm not telling you not to feel. Those are two different things. I'm telling you to not react. Your reaction is your responsibility because your words and your actions are your responsibility. Your beliefs and perceptions are your responsibility. Go listen to the episode before this on mental and emotional boundaries and then come back here and listen to this part. We're about 37 minutes deep or so. Okay. So you're, you reacting to somebody, first of all, unproductive comment, like unnecessary. It's the, somebody commented on something I posted on Instagram the other day. It was like a thread I had written out about binary thinking, black and white thinking, very valuable thread. And somebody's comment was, it's you are not your with a smiley face. And I was like, hmm, I love your pettiness and your passive aggression in my comment section. It's an unnecessary comment. You're not helping me. Because let's think about the bigger picture. Now, somebody will argue this and go, well, they're just spell checking for you. Do you think it's helpful to spell check the eight slide thread that I put up when there's one tiny mistake and you still know what it says? Do you think I'm going to go in and be like, oh my God, thank you so much. I overlooked that one tiny word and it must, it, I must repost and rewrite the entire thing because that one tiny word changes the entire meaning of the thing. No. Okay. Add to the comments typo or like most rational, mature people, you'll read it, you'll autocorrect in your head, and you'll move along with your day. Why did you feel the need to waste your time in my comment section? I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why your pettiness ended up in my comment section instead of curiosity. Like, like I would have found more humor in you saying, I'm curious, why did you write the wrong, the wrong spelling of the word your? And I would have been like, LOL. And we would have moved on with our day because it would have been a cheeky little joke of like, Amy, I understand you didn't mean to misspell. 
But somebody who feels the need to only comment that, number one, clearly was not connected or comfortable with the content I posted. Because if you read the whole thing and found the one typo, which I still can't find, by the way, and I reread it, but I reread it fast because I don't really care to find it. If you found that one typo and fixated on it, you know what that tells me? You're distracting from what the content actually said. And instead, you're nitpicking a flaw that you found in the actual material that was shared. That's like talking to somebody in person. Now, this is what I always visualize when people do this online. Talking to somebody in person and in the middle of, now you're not spelling, you're talking, but in the middle of talking, them going and correcting the way you said a word. What is wrong with you? I'll tell you what's wrong with you. I wouldn't want to live in your head or your body because you are that critical. Just shrug it off and move on. Like when you have been, here we go. When you have been through real serious stuff in life, straight up, and you've dealt with it, because that's the that's the difference. I'm not saying these people that leave these unnecessary, emotionally stunted, petty, passive aggressive comments haven't been through anything because I don't know them. But what I am saying is when you've moved through it, when you've actually faced it, when you've addressed it, when you've, when you've tried to understand it and understand yourself, thanks to it, in spite of it, there are better things to do with your time than hyperfixate and comment. Like you really needed to invest in the time to type a comment Sometimes I go to respond to people very quickly on the notification page. And some people have this setting where when I respond that way, it won't let me at them. And so it blocks me from commenting and I just give up and move on. Okay, you're not going to get a comment back since you've got that setting up because I just typed a whole paragraph back to you and it blocked me and it's going to make me go in to the actual post itself, find your comment. And I'm not doing all that. It's not worth my time. My time is money, number one. My time is valuable to me. I, I ration it out very intentionally in my day. I don't have time for the pettiness or the, the 12-year-old comments. And so what I want you to hear in all of this sharing that I've done in this episode is I want you to look at your own responses and reactions to people in person, people on the internet, text messages you get. And when you feel aggravated, like it's not like I don't read things or receive things and I don't get like triggered sometimes or I don't get annoyed or frustrated all all the time. She's human, okay? But I know that those emotions belong to me. Even if you were the catalyst for me feeling them, They're mine to manage. They're not yours. And so I am responsible for handling them and making sure that I don't take them out on you. And it's ironic to me that people want, you know, let's say somebody with a social media presence to be that example, right? Like, wow, you're yelling at people in the comments and it's kind of like, well, you're yelling at me. 
The difference is, is I have to be the bigger person in all these situations. So when you come at me and you go, you're not a therapist, or you're shouting at the content that I made, which is like about the reality show person, she's a dumb beep, or, you know, I hate her or whatever. Like, it really conjures up these, these painful emotions in people. And they, and what I see is they don't have an outlet for it. They don't have an understanding of it. They don't know where to put it. And so you know where they put it? In the comment under the thing that triggered it. It's equivalent to standing in front of someone and screaming in their face or slapping them or just like getting really aggressive because of something they said that activated you inside. Let's be better, guys. Let's be better. The purpose, and I don't care. At the end of the day, like if the strangers on the internet want to shout in the comment section under my TikToks, fine, by me. You're giving me more engagement. But I find it interesting because what I see is there are so many more people who need somebody like me or the content that I give. But I can't reach people who are at a 12-year-old mentality. And that's also what's fascinating to me is because I'm like, well, I have to meet you where you're at and then bring you to a better place. That's what I do. And so clearly the content that I put out met them where they were at. Otherwise, they wouldn't have attacked and reacted in the comments the way they did. Not always attacking me, mind you. I knew I was going to be in the line of fire with some people. (laughs) The irony was somebody... Somebody shouted at me and then used their credentials where I had like tons of people in the comments going, I'm a licensed therapist. And that was a really great analysis, right? I had tons of those. And then I had just one person that went, um, I liked you. This is what they said. I liked you. And now I don't like you after this, this one video. Like I had done a series of them thus far. And so they liked all of those. And then they hit like the fourth one and they were like, I don't like this one. You sound like a brat. And I was like, I mean, sometimes I can be a brat. Thank you. I'm saying, I don't know what to tell you. I like, what do you want someone to say when I've never met you? I don't know you. And you feel a need to tell me in the comment, I liked you until. I'm sorry. When, when and where did you think it mattered to me that you liked me? Wait, we don't know each other. So then I commented back and I, I don't, I don't at all remember what I said. I ended up having to block this person. I, I don't remember what I said, but they responded back and went, well, I'm a blah, blah, blah therapist and you're embarrassing our profession. And I thought, well, how? Cause I'm not that therapist. I'm not a therapist period. Number one, that's all over the video. It says I'm not number two. I'm not embarrassing your profession because I'm not in your profession. And then I Googled the type of therapist that they had like abbreviated to me. And I was like, you work with autistic children and, and that's how you just spoke to me. You, you work with autistic children and that's, you just shouted at me. I liked you. And now I don't cause you're a brat and then proceeded to just keep going in my car. Oh, I actually feel bad for those autistic children. 
that you are working with or diagnosing or whatever. Like that's, that's how you speak. I, even when I'm angry, you hear me right now. I'm not name calling them. I mean, I'm trying to understand them and then I'm laughing and then I'm like, I mean, I think it's silly. I think it's like emotionally immature and I think it's those things. I don't name call people. So it was funny. So then I I went and I clicked and I looked at the bio in there because yes, I am petty sometimes and I am bratty sometimes and I'm curious. I'm curious about your profile. And so I looked and it said prison wife in the bio and I just kind of like rolled on the floor laughing and then blocked them. And I was like, now I understand why you're so angry. I'm sorry for your circumstances. That's what I thought in my head. I, now I understand you. Like I, And that's what happens. And that's what I hope will start to happen for you after this episode. Like hopefully I've gotten my message across somehow, some way. I don't know. Uh, is that sometimes we just need one piece of information to better understand the reaction of somebody else, right? And so part of them be working with children who have autism, um, was it was confusing to me. Like, I would want you to be a kind, empathetic, understanding person who has enough of a window of tolerance to be able to zoom out on a, on a video you watch on TikTok and maybe try to understand why somebody was explaining something the way they were explaining it. Even if you didn't like it, why would you shout that? Like, it makes me wonder, what do you shout at the children you work with when they upset you. I have clients who work in that field. I hear stories. I I remember I, I once a long time ago had somebody tell me that, you know, they were constantly like hit and pinched and it was very challenging. It was very challenging to be in that environment. So it takes strength and a lot of emotional regulation to be in a field like that. So you what like threw all caution to the wind when you got home and you get on social media like that's your outlet for your anger find a more productive outlet you're perpetuating pain by doing that but I was like you know it upset me to see that because I was like that makes me sad for whoever you're working with but then when I saw prison wife and this is absolutely no shame this was empathy I saw prison wife and I went now I understand the anger understand the anger. You're, you're away from somebody. I don't know your circumstances. That can't be easy. And I understood it. It made more sense. I laughed. Yeah. I laughed because I finally clicked and I was like, okay, you're shouting at me and I can see why you're shouting at me now. And then I just blocked them because I didn't need them popping back up and name calling me a little bit more. When we are able to stand in front of people or read something online and we're able to regulate ourselves to the degree where the goal, the goal, the takeaway in every response is going to be, I want to understand you better. Not just with your partners, your friends, your family members, your colleagues, your co, you know, people in your life personally, but even the things you see online. Like I'm not, I, I'm one of billions that receive like this, this backlash, right? To some degree. And I'm sure I, I'm on a very, very, very like minor scale compared to actual celebrities, people that we actually know, performance artists, things like that. But 
Why do we not try to, why are we so quick to judge and not understand people? When you have been through bad situations, some, some of us go through a stage where we feel very much like a victim and we want to blame that person. And, and, and that's always part of that kind of healing process. You know, it's like the grieving process. There's so many different stages, denial, right? Anger, things like that. It's the same with the healing process. But if you're stuck there, you have more healing to do. And that's really the takeaway at the end of the day. So if you find yourself reacting that way to people in your personal life or even people online, and I'm not saying reacting in your head. If you react in your head and you're holding space for that emotion in your body and space to then create a healthy outlet to navigate it, good. You're you're going about it in a productive, mature, healthy, supportive, not just for you, for other people in the world way. But if you're not and you're unleashing it and instead not replacing where you're unleashing it with a productive, healthy outlet to manage that stress, to manage that emotion, to manage that pain, and then taking proactive steps to maybe identify what triggered you, right? And then further move into maybe I need a boundary around what I'm listening to if it constantly triggers me. If you're not doing those things, I can't encourage you enough to start today. Because at the end of the day, I think if you step back and you flip the roles and you look at, well, do I like being on the receiving end of that? I think hands down, the answer is always going to be no. It's always going to be no. So your goal and your focus for the remainder of the week is now seek to understand people. Seeking to understand doesn't mean you have to abandon boundaries, tolerate, you know, or, or allow mistreatment or abuse coming at you, seeking to understand might just be a mental reframe that you now have and practice where instead of commenting back, you zoom out and you go, wait a second, let me understand myself. Let me get curious about myself first. What's coming up in myself? Why do I want to shout this at this person? And then let me move towards maybe understanding them a little bit more, depending on the situation. So I'm going to end it there. That's all I've got for you this week. Next week, we have a beautiful guest. I cannot wait to uh, share that episode with you. And then I'll be going on vacation. I hope to have a solo episode up while I am away. Fingers crossed that I get that in and recorded before we leave. I'm going to Hawaii and I can't wait. So we'll have so much to share after that as well. But stay tuned because next week I'm very excited for this guest to come on. I think you're going to love this episode. Um, And if you are listening and loving the episode so far, please take a moment to leave a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. And I will talk to you soon. 